0: Welcome to today's episode, where I talk with Trin Relson from Estonia. And she has a different business this time, not so much an online business. She is a chef and caterer who specializes in special dietary requirements. That means like vegan food, gluten free food, whatever you need with special dietary requirements. And yeah, I'm so glad to have you here and talk a little bit about business sensitivity, like intuitive business and all of that stuff today. Hello and welcome to the Successful Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. Welcome, Katrin.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. I love that um, on the podcast there are different people like with very different businesses and as we always start with that question can you tell us a little bit about your about your story who you are and yeah how your life has been so far basically in a
1: short (laughs) in a short uh, time. I've been a a caterer now for more or less more than 10 years but Mm -hmm. uh, like past three of them I've been like doing that with my company before that I went to university I studied multimedia Mm -hmm. which was totally different and then before that I went to cooking school where I decided that I don't want to be a chef so (laughs) okay (laughs) and I still ended up um, being one because Mm -hmm. I uh, yeah it was just not the the right people and not the right places Mm -hmm. where I first tried cooking professionally so I ended up where i am now okay um, yeah well personally i live with my partner and our lovely cat Mm -hmm. i love uh, nature my like main kind of um, values lie in uh, being in sync with nature Mm -hmm. cooking and living sustainably like i'm not like full-on zero waste but i'm I'm doing the best i can Mm -hmm. and i really try to kind of use these values in in my business as well and Mm -hmm. I I, since I'm a small business owner I always try to support other small business owners basically and like farmers and local growers and all that kind of stuff yeah super
0: interesting so like of course I would love to know does it come from family values? Like how did you end up having such a focus on sustainability and ecological farming? And you, I know that you take really good care, like you also grow own vegetables and own stuff. Like, did this just come later in life or was there a kind of awakening moment of we have to take care of our planet or something?
1: When I was a child, uh, I stayed at my grandmother's in the summers and she lived in the country and we were... Well, she had a, okay. like a little farm and mm-hmm. like a vegetable garden and everything. So it always kind of it was natural for me that most vegetables comes come from your own garden mm-hmm. uh, or at least from a, like a kind of local grower. Uh, and I think it had a lot to do like later in life. it had a lot to do with the people I'm surrounded with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: just most of them are uh, kind of aware of what's happening and a little bit of the climate change and mm. and also a big push towards the sustainability. Mm-hmm. Where places I worked, there was a vegan, uh, not vegan. Uh, I mean, local cafe, uh, mm-hmm. organic cafe, and there, you know, like that. Just since the general mind state was mm-hmm. really like organic, local, all that stuff. So, obviously, it kind of grew on me. Yeah, <laughs> and then. I went to England where I worked in a vegetarian hotel. And, well, obviously there also they had, had the same kind of value system. So, yeah, it's just they all kind of Different demonstrated me how it's kind of nice to do that. And also this year has really showed how important it is to yeah. uh, especially support your local businesses. So yeah. your own economy wouldn't die out. <laughs>
0: Mm. have you seen so have you seen an um an influx in people also doing their own gardening stuff or also more interest like locally in Estonia that people ordered your packages your food I know that you do for example like Christmas packages or for special Mm. holidays or something like was there a shift this year then that
1: people were really got interested in that more uh well yeah in the in the spring when there was the like lockdown uh-huh. Then yes, the, the, then it was also like the almost the only way for me uh-huh. to uh-huh. keep cooking and uh, find a way to distribute it. So then yeah, people were happy to buy my food because they were got sick and tired of their own cooking quite fast. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, at least yeah. that this is this is what I heard. So they turned to. Mm -hmm. other options Mm
0: -hmm. like you as a caterer
1: oh it's i heard good things
0: also here i'm in the netherlands right now and there are many restaurants yeah all restaurants are closed and like only have takeaway and there is a small wine shop where we often go and they also now have christmas deliveries like they don't cook anymore because they Mm -hmm. don't have regular takeout they just had like a really nice restaurant together with the wine area yeah. And their way of making some money back because they have lost them a lot of money, of course. And to, in order to not go under is, for example, to have like for the first time ever those Christmas packages and you can order like five, five courses or something, you know, and mm. also in vegetarian form, which is super nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they do sell quite a lot of that because I think, yeah, as you said, people get bored on and of their own cooking. Not everyone mm-hmm. can cook. Some cook like okay. Okay. So I think that's, yeah. It's it's a beautiful way of making some of the money back. Also, I think that that you didn't bring in because, yeah. Tell us perhaps a little bit more about the catering for bigger um, events that you do. Like, what kind of events are they, and what did you draw to? What did or what did you or how was why were you drawn to those events where you cater usually?
1: Mm. When I cook for bigger events, they are usually retreats or a camp kind of things that mm-hmm. last several days. Um, and well, it started when I was also abroad in Sweden and finishing my work there, and I got an offer to cater for a big group. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed like, okay, this is the perfect thing. They want uh, vegan food. There's like 40 to 45 people. Uh, It's um, like a holistic spiritual retreat, which means nice people. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, then after I did it already while doing it, I sensed that, okay, this really works for me. And they really appreciate the food I made because... As it came out, (laughs) to my surprise, it's not so often that you can get really good quality uh, vegan or or gluten-free foods. Okay, so you weren't aware of your
0: unique selling point, basically, (laughs) of your
1: (laughs) (laughs) positive
0: sides. I think I remember talking to you about that, where I said like, "Wow, it's so amazing what you do," and for you it was like, "What? Really? I
1: just cook, basically." <laughs> yep, you made me realize it's um, yeah, yeah, it's much more special than I think it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think we also talked, for
0: example, about this, like when you lead events and then I think it's super interesting for people who have no idea about that. But, you know, if it's super nice to go to yoga retreats or to go whatever kind of retreats I go there and we just take food for granted. It's like, oh, of course, there is mm-hmm. yummy food and that it has such a huge, like it's so important without being the focus. So it's like basically on the backside, you just expect amazing food and it really helps for the whole experience. Like if you go to a yoga retreat, you want to chill, you want to relax. Of course, you don't eat Mm -hmm. McDonald's food, (laughs) but you just expect that there is nice food and you don't even think about the importance, like that you need someone to really take care of it. So can you share a little bit more how you, like, how do you... How do you make your recipes, and how do you prepare for, for such an such an event?
1: Mm. Well, by now it's it's uh, the recipes are mostly just like trying to remember what we have done previously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but also, I often I just find some inspiration from internet, which is you know super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah usually when I have a longer event for instance like um, 10 days or something I just write down menu ideas and then mm-hmm. I just order a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. And but I don't have like menu written down for every day separately or anything I, I just kind of go with the flow mm-hmm. uh, well for shorter events of course it's just I need to kind of plan super accurately. Um, yeah, and it really depends. It's so different. Because um, all the clients are really different. Some of them want like the full menu and then they want to discuss it in detail. And then I have the clients, like, existing clients with whom I've worked with and they are like, well, we trust you, do whatever. And yeah, we know it's, it's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, like planning for a big catering event is just a lot of list making, basically, okay. <laughs> to make sure I won't forget uh, any like essential ingredients. Uh, since I move around a lot in different locations, then it also, I need to be in contact with a, like a local person can tell me all about like the supplies they have in the kitchen all that kind of stuff because and then i have to uh remember all the stuff i need because it at home like i take, it takes so much stuff for granted yeah of course um yeah Mm -hmm. so basically it's it's a Mm -hmm. a couple of full days of just thinking through Mm -hmm. everything yeah okay (laughs) Okay. And then when you get there, is it like when
0: you say in longer days, it's following flow? Like how does flow work as a cook? Is it then more that you wake up in the morning and think like, "Mm, that would be super yummy? Or do you see, oh, there are a lot of like those kinds of people. I think a lot of, we need a lot of grounding (laughs) foods. It just pops into your mind or like, how does this look like? Um. It's hard to explain, I guess, but...
1: Uh, well, it's good to go. Actually, I've had a... Yeah, I actually, I can explain it a bit. At some events, you know, the when I roughly know the program, mm-hmm. I know when they might need more grounding, when they need opening foods, um, when they need a little bit of comfort, maybe. Because mm-hmm. uh, when it's like a, an intense spiritual kind of work, it's... It can be really important that you kind of when you come to lunch or dinner that uh-huh. you get something like oh yes this is this is exactly what I needed or this is what my mom used to make yeah. uh, well, for instance I've discovered that um, roasted vegetables are are just a hit with. With children, with grown-ups, it's just like roast the potatoes in the oven and, and everybody are so happy. <laughs> it's so That's so funny. <laughs> it's, and for me, it feels like I'm, I'm not even doing anything. It's like no, no effort foods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, am I really cooking? Wow. Yeah, I get that. Super interesting. So would you say by now, like after having done this for three years, you... You just have like a lot of experience or are you still sometimes kind of anxious when you go to one of those events of like, ooh, is everything going to work out?
1: Hmm. I'm anxious mostly when I go to new places and work with new clients uh, because I don't know the people. And especially uh-huh. when it's just like a couple of days, so I need to order all the produce upfront uh-huh. and I have no idea how much they're gonna eat and if there's gonna be a problem like on the second day maybe or something uh-huh. like that mm, so this yeah this is a, the only bit that makes me anxious I'd say uh-huh. but you know because before I, I started my own company I worked in in the like professional kitchens so there, there, you like experience the kind of pressure mm. that makes yeah. you a bit of a, bit, a little bit, uh, kind of like uh, stress proofs you in a way, I'd say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I most of the time I, I have this kind of inner knowing that yeah, it's gonna be fine, like when mm. the, the delivery will be there at the right time, it's all gonna be fine. Mm. Oh, I love that.
0: <laughs> because usually, obviously, like I work with my clients very much on inner, like, trusting into inner knowing and that so it's lovely to hear that you already bring that to the to the table basically and um also that you said because um being like a highly sensitive person especially working in a kitchen can be like highly stressful so i think Mm -hmm. it's super interesting that you just said that it made made you like stress proof like can you share a little bit more perhaps about your work either like your previous work where it was really like highly stressful And obviously your work now, like how you, how you have created your business to basically also deal with being like a very empathetic and like highly sensitive person. That would be super Mm -hmm. interesting.
1: Uh, Well, before when, when I worked in professional kitchens, I, I liked it in a way because, um, but the stress-proof thing is mostly that, you know, when something is, not working or you know out of your control you can't keep stressing about it you just there's a point where it just really well it is what it is and there's no point of screaming or something like that because a lot of chefs do that and this was the one thing that threw me off really I I didn't want to work with that at all that just this constant kind of accusing. I, I, this was actually mainly in one place I worked at. Um, uh, but yeah, the thing there is that you can't really, um, you can't let yourself, your, how do I say? It? Um, uh, no, basically, it, it's a really masculine environment in, mm-hmm. in my experience uh you have to kind of work through everything whenever there's a um, high pressure uh-huh. like a lunch hour rush or something you just have to work through it you maybe burn your finger you just have to work through it <laughs> and uh, if yeah it's it's kind of like uh I, one part of me liked it that's like yes I can do whatever I just keep on pushing myself and moving uh-huh. um and it's just, you know, it, it was like an ego boost that I can oh. get through whatever. Uh but yeah, when I worked in like calmer places, like like the organic cafe, where like it's owned by a really nice family. And and the whole place has like a family vibe. Yeah. Uh the people who work there, you really have to kind of fit in. Uh and you have to like the system and the people. Uh, and then you can be kind of happy in that little family they have there. And there I understood that well, okay, this is this is not a normal thing to do at all, that you you just like kind of push through everything. It's it's really nice when you can ask for support. Mm, love and, that. Yeah, and this is what I learned to do now. That yeah. I can just When I feel myself going into this, like, hyper mode, Mm -hmm. when I start moving really fast and I start making mistakes, I just, like, uh, take a little moment and breathe deeply because it just grounds me really fast Uh, for everyone, I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breathing Uh, is
0: powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And also... Like the clients I work with, uh, I I find it's really nice now that most most of my clients are really understanding and also like they they're not like well we had a deal two o'clock I don't care how the food gets there but it needs to be there they're all really like um, not I wouldn't say that flexible but understanding you know. Mm-hmm. When, when there's a problem, or or they don't even wanna, don't have the time set in stone, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all like kind of flowing as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it's it's just it's the soulmate the client thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like this summer I felt that I I really hit jackpot with every uh, every project I did. Mm-hmm. So it felt really nice. And I felt like uh, understood and supported Mm -hmm. by my clients, which is like the best thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. What would
0: you say, what, what changed? Like, is it something in your mindset? Was it something in your attitude or in your belief system that, yeah, going from this more like, pushing environment and now having like such understanding, like it's super interesting, obviously for the audience as Mm -hmm. well, you know, because that's always the question, how do I, how I, how do I get my aligned clients? Mm -hmm. And this sounds like, yeah, you have, you have hit the jackpot. So share share with us (laughs) what worked for you.
1: Um, Well, first of all, when I really started to take care of myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I, then it came, Kind of naturally uh, the knowing that well this is not okay the okay. the kind of pace and uh, doing like ridiculous hours and uh, yeah then when my when my body is hurting then obviously it it can't be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and also, yeah, I'm really happy that I got like the different experiences that made me realize that not all kitchens are the same and it doesn't have to be yeah. like like extreme pressure kind of a uh, thing. So, yeah, I say again, like experiences and um, yeah, taking care of myself and, and working with myself
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, were the mo- main things. Uh-huh. Okay, I love that. So
0: yeah, taking care of yourself. And I think that's already probably a major shift, right, for people, because like, awareness comes first, you first have to understand, actually, my body is aching, like, (laughs) I'm working ridiculous hours, and I'm just sad and tired. And for what, like awareness first, and then you can obviously start to change. And the other Mm -hmm. thing to also have like both examples, like very often, what I experience is that we always only want the nice things, but sometimes we need to have difficult experiences to actually know what we like, what we want instead. Mm-hmm. Because without yeah. that, we wouldn't have a clue, you know? Exactly. So I think, like, contrast is very helpful very often. And, um, like, have you ever written something down, what kind of clients you want, or is it now just through, yeah, taking care of yourself, like, Do you also say no to people, to clients? Does does it ever happen or don't they show up at all anymore? People who are like not aligned with you.
1: I have to... um, uh, I have said no, but this is mainly... uh, Even to like nice clients, I've said no to, but that has been because I needed to take time for myself, because Mm -hmm. this is also a lesson I needed to learn, that I create my own vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Yeah, this has been the main reason. Uh, I don't think there have been clients with whom I don't want to work with Mm -hmm. for a long time now. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's very inspiring. (laughs) I think there are many people who want exactly that. So. (laughs)
0: ah super interesting and um how do you and perhaps a little bit back again to the question about like being being highly sensitive being a very sensitive person how do you now um like I think it's a two-fold question one is how do you give yourself permission to choose exactly what you need and what you want and yeah how do you how do you make how do you make clear or how do you make it happen that the environment, which is still stressful, like being a chef mm-hmm. is still a stressful thing um, or being a caterer like, you know, um, yeah. how do you make sure to not overstep your boundaries? Perhaps some tips and tricks you have.
1: Uh, well, it's, it's a kind of like a self-discipline practice, mm-hmm. but self-discipline basically being self-love mm-hmm. uh, you really need to understand yourself and and your needs and then like and be aware of them as well because I yeah I what I usually do as I said I do the breathing thing Uh when I feel like I'm getting anxious Uh and like just uh, I get into this like overdrive state of mind um what I do in the longer retreats, which are really exhausting, uh, every morning I take myself some time. I do even just like a short yoga. In the mm-hmm. evenings, I do some yoga and stretch because it is hard for my body even then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's so important for me to take this little time Mm-hmm. even if i uh, maybe get a little less sleep then but you know it's it's totally worth it mm-hmm. um what i also do before i enter into a mm, like a stressful or or just mm, harder like a period a work period or even just a day i kind of tell my body or let my body know that it's yeah so now it's going to be <laughs> a bit more pressure uh, and we I hope we'll get through this and after that we will have some like, relaxing time and uh, it will be nice and you really fa- do this that's super nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> I found it really helpful yeah did I answer mm-hmm. your question fully or was there a uh yeah I think it's
0: like Just every tips and tricks you have around Mm -hmm. that, because um, especially, you know, like other people, they're stuck behind the screen. So it might be that it's like a little bit of a different approach how to take care of yourself. And I think like what you or what you have to share is more physical approaches, like with yoga, stretching, breathing, talking to your body, like it's very much on a physical level. So I think for everyone Mm -hmm. working like long hours or doing also like physical stuff, that's um, super helpful. And is there ever, like, yeah, okay, what, yeah, what do you do when it comes to breathing? Is it just, like, do you have a specific breathing um, exercise or is it just that you really focus on your breathing?
1: Mm, I just really focus, yeah, just deep breaths.
0: Okay.
1: Usually inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth and just uh-huh. kind of uh, let it really go. And mm-hmm. When it's needed, I just like exhale with a sound, and um, yeah. which is like an extra li- relaxing thing, <laughs> yeah.
0: like a inhale, <sighs> something like yeah. that. Okay, yeah, good. exactly. No. no, it's it's calming. It's nice. Yeah. Um, and okay, we have already talked a little bit about stressful situations. Um, perhaps like you have been in business for three years now, like in your own business. Um, can you share some? some challenges you have overcome and how you've done that, because that's interesting for everyone here mm-hmm. as we are business owners dealing with challenges.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'd say my main challenges or, or lessons uh, were um, not to overbook because oh. this is what I did, you know, in the beginning. Um, that I just looked at my calendar. I didn't plan days off I just looked at okay these dates are free and whenever a client asked about these dates it's like yeah of course they're free and uh, actually I was just like so so tired when I went to them like from one catering to the next one and uh, I'm pretty sure that the the quality wasn't like as, as good as it could have been due to my like just being super tired (laughs) Mm um so yeah this is uh, this was a massive lesson to just uh, kind of book book in my own vacation time Mm -hmm. Mm, well asking for the right amount of money or or like a normal amount of money for my cooking was is still a thing i'm still like kind of raising my prices um bit by bit Mm. Uh, but I've started to kind of uh, I, I have much better understanding now how much other people are charging and how much this work is actually worth and and also that I shouldn't be afraid of losing a client because of asking too much because when they really want me they just bargain and I I can always like give them a little bit of a bit better deal. And then, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've lost the fear of, yeah, losing a client over my uh, kind of asking price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what else. Yeah, well, uh, kind of. Being in touch with my intuition is also a big one when it comes to clients. And if I feel like he or she is the right fit for me or no. Because with some people, it's just like, I I really, I feel like I don't want to. And then, and I feel like they don't respect my work. Because a lot of the times it's just because the person doesn't really understand how much time and effort cooking involves yeah and they just they're used to just kind of having the food like you said that at retreats you just kind of it's it's given that you have good food on the table uh, and some organizers don't really yeah see the, the effort part so they just kind of try to bargain the price down super low and then this just um, makes me anxious and uh, after I'm I'm just not happy with what I did or how much effort I put in and how little I got back.
0: Mm-hmm. So following your intuition. Okay. Yeah. yeah, asking for the right price and raising raising your prices and um following your intuition. And I love this part about booking times in for yourself in order order to not overbook, because yeah, Mm. there are so many people out there, like also like clients I work with, especially when they go to the next level. It's like also like almost this fear of like, oh, if I don't take this client, which is coming around, oh my goodness, then I'm, I'm losing business and I'm going out of business. And you know, it's like, fear-based very often it's like yeah Mm -hmm. not taking care of yourself like having like totally like lost connection with yourself and obviously like fear-based like oh if i don't take this client there won't be enough instead of saying like abundance there's always more than enough and yeah i have to take care of myself first so i think yeah it's a super super good example of how overbooking and getting like your own needs not met like creating problems for yourself, but also, as you said, for the for the clients, because your food is just not as good if you were totally tired and burned out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. of course. So I love that part. And I, I think we can also, like people with online businesses, it's the same stuff. If you're mm-hmm. not, like, if you're <laughs> depleted, you won't deliver A-plus results or not results, A-plus
1: yeah. support for your clients. So love, love, love that. Yeah. With the online work, uh, uh, but I also feel it's super important that I I learn to not answer everybody as soon as they write me. Sometimes a person writes to me like 10 o'clock in the evening and I feel like, oh, I should answer them. I was like, no, no, you don't have to. And you don't have to feel bad that you're tired and can't answer them like 100% or, or think it all through right now. You can just like leave it get back to it in the morning or when it's the mm-hmm. weekend, you can do it on Monday. This, this, this is super important for me. And I'm still sometimes struggling with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, still I, not I'm not <laughs> struggling with it, but it still happens sometimes that I get a message and just look at my phone and I see, yeah, a client has said something. Then there is one part of me which is very <laughs> curious, you know, like, hmm, what is he saying? What is she saying? And the other thing like, oh, perhaps the question, perhaps that, and then I have to really say, no. Now it's time for me and not for, for business <laughs> in the middle of the night. I'm going to be back tomorrow or after yeah. the weekend. So, yeah, I love that. I think it never ends. Like, boundaries always have to be like consciously yeah, put in
1: place. Exactly. Especially what the more like soulmate clients you have. Yeah. Uh, the better relationship you have with them, you feel more and more that, ooh, but. They're like a friend, you know. I, I should get back to them really fast yeah. and they should be like my priority in a sense.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. Super important thing, yeah. Um, I would love to know like what or what has been the most amazing, perhaps it's difficult to say, the most amazing and beautiful thing that has happened to you in, in business or in your catering story, <clears throat> like an appreciative client or something. Just what what has brought your heart to sing, basically.
1: Mm. There have been several moments like this. I have to say, but it's whenever someone um, tells me or, or like um, how much they appreciate my food. But you can see that it comes from the heart. It's just, it's not just like thank you. It was nice. <laughs> It's just like they, they really put their hearts and thoughts into the, into like the, into the compliment basically, and uh, and also this one of this big um, training like um, the armoring pratic- practitioner training mm-hmm. we've been catering with my partner mm, in the end they always ask us into the like the main hall where they have their sessions and there's like yeah almost 40 people and they are just like applaud us and and just like make a big like this mm-hmm. love sharing thing yeah, <laughs> and, like a wave and yeah it's uh, it's always like brings me to tears both of us really <laughs> and uh yeah. this is this is like the most heartwarming, I'd say, mm-hmm. because just it's such a massive amount of good energy.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that you say that because I obviously have been to like many retreats, and then we always, you know, like the the cooks have like were welcomed into the room and then to say like, thank you' and we clap for <laughs> a long time. And then sometimes you don't know because they are. Like very, sometimes very introverted people, very quiet, like sensitive, like you a little bit, you know, and then it's like, do they actually want that? Or is it like, they just want to leave the room or something. So they say that now I'm going to clap even louder. (laughs) And for everyone who's listening. Yeah. They love it. I think everyone loves appreciation and gratitude. And even though they might look a little bit like, "Mm," yeah,
1: they seem to love it. I think it's hard for most people to take a compliment, like really... Fully take yeah. it. It's, yeah. uh, it's like a natural thing for so many people. I struggled with it as well, but mm. uh, but yeah. now you love it. Yes. <laughs> well, I just kind of—it's just basically like opening your heart to the to the good vibration yeah. or good energy people yeah. are giving you, instead yeah. of like, oh, you know, it's nothing special, and then you put yourself down and them down. Mm. Uh, instead, just. Yeah, it's easier and better for everybody when you just receive it.
0: Mm, yeah, No, oh, I love that. Um, yeah, perhaps anything else you have to share as a business owner, as a sensitive person or introverted, intuitive person that you would like to share, share with uh, the audience? Some tips
1: and tricks. <laughs> well... The main things are are the most simple, I'd say, you know mm-hmm. that listen to yourself, listen to your body, um, really try to feel if the client is right for you, and when it doesn't feel like they're appreciating you, don't work with them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just. Don't put yourself down, and know that this is like what you're doing is is already really good. Mm, With good most one. people, when when they're working like from their heart, it's already really really great. You can always do better, but it is already good.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, I think yeah the, yeah the main things is just like the basics. But they mm-hmm. are the hardest to achieve. Mm. Taking care of yourself and, and all that, lo- and loving yourself and appreciating yourself—just uh, we all know that, but mm. <laughs> we're not always really good in practicing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a very important reminder.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And when you think about like next year, just business-wise would be super interesting, obviously also like, will you have some some online offers? Are you planning something like that? Also like what I can put into the show notes where people can connect with you. Like, are you planning an, anything online or what's going on in your world?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm planning to do a, a small cookbook hmm. mm-hmm. and it's going to be uh, like a physical one, but but also since I'm already doing it, uh, I might as well do it like online. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of food in there? Just to get an idea. Uh, kind of like my my main <laughs> or okay. best bestsellers, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could say that the things that have been most popular. at... Um, Can bigger, you share some? Like. Uh, Beetroot roasted peanut pesto, for instance, has been a hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's sw- sweet uh, potato spread, uh, also uh, cauliflower in a vegan cheese sauce, which isn't even like a vegan cheese product. I make it from uh, carrots and potatoes, which feels unbelievable for most people. To myself, okay. in the beginning, in the beginning as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Yeah, basically I might kind of hit dishes from from experience, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, super cool. So this will be then available
0: that people can buy it on your website or something. Okay, cool. So make it happen. This is now a form of (laughs) invitation because I want that. Okay, super good. And other than that, like people will be able to find also some some stuff you you send if they want to, like do some some dishes or some spreads. Is this also in the making, or not so much? Uh,
1: do you mean like uh,
0: delivery kind of thing, that people can order your
1: mm, pesto? Yeah, but it's at the moment it's only available in Estonia because I don't really know how to. Yeah, um, yeah. Due to the situation, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, but there are things like preserves and, um, also dried foods. Like Mm I, we tested with my partner, we tested with, um, like camping food, uh, Mm -hmm. which which is dehydrated vegan dishes, basically, Mm -hmm. which is, which is really nice. And since it's dehydrated, this is something that is available, but we don't have like a product product per se at the mm-hmm. moment it's more like when you're interested you can write can and we we can, yeah okay
0: discuss it okay sounds super good and i think with you we have to we have to ask and then the product is being
1: created <laughs> <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> oh very nice so i'm just going to put your i, I guess your instagram account facebook and your website into the show notes and if you're interested in a lovely cookbook then ah, perhaps you could create a waiting list or something and people can already order it once it's ready
1: yeah (laughs) i will think about all that in the coming year (laughs) ah super nice
0: yeah okay i think for now, thank you so much for your insights into a very different field than what we usually talk about. And yeah, also the, the yeah, getting back to the basics and the remind, like really beautiful reminders in there. So thank you so much for your
1: time and for
0: your energy and for sharing with us.
1: Thank you for having me. It was really interesting and nice. Yeah. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would
0: be super, super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes, super helpful. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, and that means you want to live a life of more on all levels, Then send me a message with where you want to go and what is keeping you where you are, like what keeps you stuck at the moment. And then I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, much love to you, Lydia.